0: When you play the Game of Thrones, you win, or you die.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: Hello. Hi, Hannah. (laughs) Welcome. Season six is over. There it goes. Long live season seven.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The countdown begins. Is it season
2: seven or is it season 7.1? Right to it, huh? Waste no time. Let's go. We got a lot to do today. We do. It's <laughs> been a week and a half since we've last spoken. And things have
0: happened. A lot of things have happened. Things have changed, you know? I mean, we could just be honest. We've all been playing Pokemon
3: Go. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, Speak for yourself.
3: <laughs> I don't have a phone that can play it. I'm in still in disrepair mode. Uh, Zach's in 1995, everybody. Basically. Basically before Pokemon was a show. But uh, in all seriousness, there is a lot of Game of Thrones news and happenings. I always love this because right after the season ends, you get those wonderful, like, recap articles. You get the fans uh, are still very invested and wondering what the next season holds. And then you get these interviews and appearances from the show staff who, during the season, were not necessarily tight-lipped, but are now just even infinitely more free uh, to tease now that we've seen all of season six, they're able to tease the next season and, and they're beginning. We've seen David and Dan begin to do that this week. So that's been exciting. Uh But then also everything else that the actors are doing and like sort of it's almost like a beat, a beat or two later, you get more Thrones content by important fans. Like I'm thinking of this Samuel L. Jackson video. <laughs> it's just like, why is this a postseason thing and not a preseason thing? But I have a feeling that we're going to be watching it pre-next season anyway, uh, or leading up to our rewatch, because all of this is, it's just, it's so exciting. It's keeping the, honestly, the momentum up, even through the off-season, just as we strive to do. That's
0: the plan. And Comic-Con is next week, just a scavenger hunt, and all sorts of ridiculousness (laughs) planned for San Diego. We've heard a lot, at least over the course of the last several months, about how season
2: seven... Was going to be shorter, but it seems more and more, as much as we didn't want to believe that to be the case, that the most recent news is that it will, in fact, have a premiere date that is later than what we are all accustomed to as Game of Thrones fans. So, it seems like <laughs> April is out, May be. <laughs> <laughs> you like what I did there. Yeah. Uh, and it's good one, uh, Micah. Yeah. It, 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 I like the the reasoning, though. I mean, sometimes you get really crappy reasoning from people as to why this is happening uh, in terms of a later release date. But uh, David Benioff and, and Dan Weiss said that winter is now here. So they have to actually adjust their filming schedule so that even the sunnier places that they film uh, appear to be a little bit more headed like to the winter weather. Yeah.
1: When I first heard that, I 100% thought it was a joke.
2: Like I thought somebody was trying to play a prank see, on me. I, I thought that was a legit reason.
1: <laughs> a I, mean, reason. I mean, it makes sense I and mean, when you think about it. I mean, it absolutely makes sense, but at first I was like, no way.
0: I think they've seen a lot of success with the later summer release. Like you see how the, the stats, if you go over to Watchers on the Wall, we have a post about the viewership, if you scroll down a little bit. Stats this year have been fantastic. They've stayed high. You remember in the past how there would be really significant ebbs and flows during the season and it's like at, at the season yeah. opener we were like yeah Game of Thrones is up so much this year that I was like oh well I really like this episode but apparently it wasn't worth tuning in but this year was just this year was different a little bit of boldness is in order especially if we're looking at the possibility of then they haven't confirmed this necessarily but it's like where we were a few months ago with this actual information it's pretty evident that we're not going to get as many episodes as we like
3: well, you, know, you know what's interesting is i remember talking about this at Gigicon last year right i mean that was when we heard that there were going to be at least eight and then so we we've had a sort of a year now to, to ruminate on this and you know david and dan have have kind of made progress towards solidifying it and if 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 the episode if the season is starting later, it could still end around the same time if there are shorter episodes, like three shorter episodes. I don't know. I I was surprised that all of April got ruled out. Um, But I guess, wait, didn't the season premiere on like the 21st, though, of April? So uh, I guess that makes a lot of sense. 23rd, I think. Okay. Yeah. So I I guess that does make a lot of sense. Like If there, there are fewer episodes, they can still end, or they could still take off for Memorial Day or not. And kind of air around the same time, but with fewer episodes, you've got to cut it either before or after, and I'm I'm guessing they chose before.
0: We can assume that HBO would like as many episodes of Game of Thrones as they can possibly get, and I think yep. that that has a lot to do with the language of what the media has been told at large and the attitude surrounding this piece of the project moving forward. Like We were very excited about eight seasons, and if eight seasons weren't originally in the plan, then I think that the showrunners are you know probably going to choose this as the the only absolute path moving forward but how do you guys feel about it i'm curious because we've been talking about it for a long time and a lot of you listening this is old news but how do you guys technically feel about the fact that it's confirmed that we're getting less episodes in total And that the season is starting later than planned because a lot of people seem to be upset about this, but I'm not that bothered about one the episode count being shorter because I believe that there's going to be much higher attention to detail much stronger Mm. concise fluid storytelling and much more bold episodes. If we've seen anything from season six, we've seen the last two episodes dramatically raise the bar from a season that already dramatically raised the bar so much. So I'm curious with the convention Con of Thrones being next summer. Mm. Mm-hmm. This is nothing but great news for us. With the the show ending, everyone that's going to the convention next year, uh, we can only cross our fingers that you know the finale is going to rack somewhere near the the uh, convention time. Yeah, let it happen. Please, the weekend, right, right during so
1: amazing the con.
0: <laughs> let's let's watch it together. Yeah. and just fucking go oh. crazy. <laughs> That'd be amazing.
1: I think to your point that if we've learned anything from season six, I think that we've learned that they're going to do it right. And so I'd rather have them do it their way correctly. Um, I mean, of course, I'm going to want millions of episodes forever. But I like you're saying, I have have confidence that they're going to treat the story the way that it needs to be treated. And it's going to end on the note that it needs to end on. Um, I don't know if I would have necessarily felt that way in earlier seasons. But here at the end of season six, I have a lot of confidence. And so I think it's going to be sad because of course, you could want it to go on forever. But I, I think it's going to be done well. And so if that's all that we need left to tell the story, then that's all that we need left.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with both what you and and Zach said. I, I think that maybe in the past there was a level of hesitancy about the fact that we were even going to be getting these final seasons most likely before we get the final book. And I think the fact that we're all sitting here talking about you know, season seven and and a bit later getting to talking about all the Emmy buzz surrounding Game of Thrones, right. the Winds of Winter is, is kind of an afterthought now, which is crazy to think about. I mean, it's going to be huge when it's finally released and we get the date and all the buzz that comes along with it. But it's just funny to me that we're sitting here and, and it's almost like, I don't know, I don't want to say it doesn't matter because that's not...
3: Not the right way to put it, but... If you just... want to send your hate mail to Micah, send it to <laughs> contact. No but, at Game...
1: no, but I think you have a good point, Micah. Like I think that before this season aired, because we didn't have Winds of Winter, it was almost stressful because we didn't know what to expect, and it was different than anything we've ever experienced before, and we didn't know how the story was going to be treated and what we were going to learn. I think that we've learned over the last however many weeks that we can continue to enjoy the story even if it's not... From the original source material. Like there's more of... I'm more reassured that it's still going to be good without George R. R. Martin writing it. Right.
0: Do you think he did? Oh. Secretly penned it? Well, do you think that David and Dan and the writers of the show operated solely off of bullet points? Mm-hmm. Or do you think that some of that... Because I know a lot of the, the, the more successful moments in the TV series, whether it be a line um, directly from the book or or a line from the book from another character, but used in another situation. Those often are what people pull out in the community to start talking about and the things they sort of make memes and, and at least choose their owns for. Mm. But there was a lot of strength. There were some lines in the season that I thought were dramatically below average, but I think that there were also some really incredible pieces that, I don't know. Do you think from George? They could have been.
2: I mean, uh, we were always told that he took time off from writing, for the show to really focus in on the winds of winter, but I have to imagine a good solid part of that book is already complete. So it would be a good guess to assume that some of the writing that he had already done for that book was used in the season or at least in David and Dan. You know, mm-hmm. And yeah, I would think so. And especially some of those lines, I mean, and we all know that they're very good at creating these crafty lines and, you know, the character that that comes to mind for me first and foremost is is Liana
3: Mormont. Well, and then you, and then you look at uh, what elements of uh, Feast for Crows and Dance with Dragons appeared this season, which you know we didn't we didn't kind of predict that coming in that that there would still be material from books four and five that are uh, still being used. Uh, for instance, all the stuff in the Riverlands, um, you know, and and it was exciting to see that brought to screen and we were all kind of I guess worried going in that it was going to far surpass what has been published but those storylines were still in many ways rooted in what has already been published Um, so that was kind of a nice and neat choice I think for them uh, in this season to revisit some of the things that it looked as though they were going to skip. We
0: can start off the episode with some great news if those of you listening are into that sort of thing.
3: Get ready everybody.
0: We know how much you loved the score of season six. I think 90% of you made "Light of the Seven your own for said episode. And the people on iTunes loved it too. We are very excited to share with you all that next week on the 20th, we will be having an intimate conversation with who is most likely your favorite composer of the age,
3: one Mr. Ramin Jawadi.
1: It's going to be so awesome.
3: Can you hear the drums? Can you hear the fucking drums already? <laughs> you like to focus on the drums, huh? I can. Well, you know, they're special. They're per- I love percussion and all of its uses in this, but of course, strings, horns, everything as well. <laughs> Obviously, we have
0: a lot to talk about with Ramin Djawadi, who destroyed this season as a composer for Game of Thrones. Not to mention the fantastic works he, he does on feature films, like I just saw Warcraft. Uh, a few weeks ago and nice. he took the stuff that Blizzard's been working on for years and made it a completely standalone piece of work. Pacific Rim, Red Dawn, Clash of the Titans, Iron Man. The list goes on. Yeah. He's an incredibly talented guy and a very impressive person and he's coming on the podcast to talk about music and Game of Thrones and stuff with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Keep your eyes out for a post up on Watchers as well as on our
2: Facebook and Twitter and of course, feel free to send us your questions to ask Roman. I think that, uh, like we've said, we're, we're all really looking forward to it. Um, just an, so many amazing pieces that he's composed, not just this past season, but throughout all the seasons. I think
1: all of us throughout the season have given our owns to the soundtrack to this season. And so having the chance to talk about it and have our questions answered and just being able to sit down with him is really, really exciting. So... I'm looking yeah, forward we'll to it.
0: like, remember in episode one when Theon and Sansa were going through the forest and those strings were going... you be Yeah. We plan to speak on season six as a whole in this episode. This is the time to
3: share your owns of the season, to share our owns of the season. You know, the Emmy committee gave 23 of their owns for this season. One less from last year. Ah, well... One. But still, I wonder, the
1: most, still the most out of anyone else. That's right. So still got it.
3: HBO mm-hmm. picked up, of course, they just said 23 nominations. We found this out this morning. Game of Thrones, not HBO. HBO got HBO 94. Got 90, yeah, 94. Jesus Christ. Nice work to Game of Thrones. 23 nominations. Heck of a lot. And uh, actually, I'm pretty excited about some of these categories. Yeah. V- what jumped out at me was Maisie Williams finally getting a
2: nod and Kit as well and Kit yeah but I, I feel like we've been talking about Arya and, and Maisie's performance as Aria for so many seasons now and it's for me anyway it's just nice to finally see her get some recognition mm.
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah but that's a stacked category there outstanding supporting actress in a drama yeah. series yeah. yeah Amelia and Maisie the odds are in their favor Not to borrow from another
3: uh, (laughs) series. Also, you know, shout out to The Door, got a bunch of nominations. Battle of the Bastards also several nominations uh, for episodes, uh, both writing and uh, let's see, sound editing for The Door, also directing. Jack Bender for The Door and Miguel Sapochnik for Battle of the Bastards. Both of those episodes going head to head in a sense. That's not fair. I mean, they should just share it.
1: (laughs) How do you pay?
3: Hairstyling for The Door.
0: I'm guessing that was for Christian or Bran. <laughs> very important. Or the children. Isaac. Yeah. Very, very important. It's for the Night King. his uh, spikes, sense. his spiky do. Outstanding casting. Like <laughs> <system>. Absolutely. <laughs> the season. Let's just look at Liana Mormont.
1: Well, it's always just fun. We, I mean, we are obviously going to love this series so much because we're on a podcast about it. But having it recognized in the public as being as incredible as we think that it is, it's always fun to... It feels like it's a win for us too weirdly enough um so it's always exciting to see all these nominations
0: this year the competition in best drama series excuse me outstanding drama series we're going up against the americans better call saul sorry eric uh. don't happy sorry everyone homeland House of Cards,
3: oh, it's rough, and Mr. Robot. (laughs) Christian Slater. Christian Slater. (laughs) I have to say, do you think, I have to ask Zach, do you think that House of Cards, uh, this past season, the one that's eligible, can stand up to Mm. Game of Thrones? Please say no. I mean, it's tough. I mean, we've talked about this in A Squad
0: of Ice and Fire. House of Cards is great in a totally different way, but I'll, I'll say it, and I've said it a hundred times, House of Cards is a ridiculously watchable show. I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever watched anything that you just keep pressing play. Part of that mechanic might be because all the episodes are always available. <laughs> <laughs> I think, Yeah. I think I'd watch each, or Game of Thrones even more so. I know that I would. What the hell am I talking about? HBO now, Okay. Dude. <laughs> I yeah, mean, at the same got time, all 10 though. episodes yeah.
2: of Game of Thrones at once, you would definitely watch them all. Yeah, it's like
0: absolutely. Jon Snow's alive, and you're like, ah, oh, wait to watch that tomorrow.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm a little tired.
3: I'm gonna go to bed. I will no say, uh, we're talking about the competition. Better Call Saul. I would have to say, had a weaker season than I expected. Uh, and so I think Game of Thrones. No, that's should, the Breaking Bad spinoff. That, yeah, and it's and it's quite good. Uh, I don't Bob, doubt it. But you know what? Yeah. They got so many
2: fucking awards. Yeah, boy. Enough uh, is enough. You let them have the sins of the father
3: year. and the sins of the son. You can't do that. Dude. Game
2: of Thrones finally won, and Against hopefully it's the start of something good. Yeah. Absolutely, Don Final season. <laughs>
3: mm. Are they splitting that in half too? Like they no, usually it's done. do. Oh, right? yeah, whoa, wow. it's over. Yeah. I just really? don't see
1: anything being better than Game of Thrones was. This How did season. I not
3: read like any writing on? It's over finally for like exactly. Don Like
1: exactly. Strange. Exactly. Makeup exactly. non
3: prosthetic, makeup prosthetic, costumes. These are all things that we love Game of Thrones for. And yes, the nods are there. The noms, the noms, and the nods are all there.
0: On September 18th this year, we'll yes. be throwing another victory party, right guys? <laughs> Can't mm-hmm. wait. <laughs> That's right.
1: If you remember a couple of months ago before season six aired, we sat down and recorded our Get Hype episode where we talked about all of our predictions for season six. <laughs> um, and I kind of like pushed all that to the back of my mind during the season because I didn't want to think about how horribly wrong we all were with, with our predictions. But this week, I went back and listened through... What we talked about. We talked about who we thought were going to die. um, People that we thought we were going to be reunited and what our predictions yeah. were going to be.
2: What I think it was who lives, who dies, who
0: falls in love, and how the
1: adventure <laughs> <Yeah>. finally ends. Nice <laughs> to say you Micah
3: it. won this game somehow. <laughs> <winglet joke. Yeah. laughs> did Micah
0: win? Because we're spoiling it, I think, for the audience when we go through right.
1: Well, I think... No,
2: I don't think I did. All right. Did any of us no. win? No.
1: Who I wins? Think we who died? dies? I think yeah. that we all, we all actually did Okay. Honestly, um, well, and it no, was,
2: Hannah, you won. You're you're the Nostradamus of uh, Game of Owns.
1: I thought I got fourth place. Yeah, that did that she win? because only two people
3: died
2: from her list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the rest of us, I think, only got one. Not to just jump right into it, but we're going to jump right into it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Man. I'm looking through here. So at least on on the uh, in the death pool here f- from from the hosts, I had. The High Sparrow. So check that off. Mm-hmm. Got it. Hannah, you had Roose Bolton. And we'll give you Ollie. I mean, Ghost didn't
3: kill Ollie 2K16. <laughs> right. but
1: My specific answer was. And you had Thomas Ghost kills Ollie. <laughs> Three.
3: T- I had Tom and two. Um, no, you some, didn't. Yeah, somewhere else I had Tommen. In your mind, maybe. <laughs> 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 you
1: didn't know. on the listened back to Eric. this episode. The shade. I, yeah, I listened to the episode. So
2: This actually, Eric, you, maybe you did, and this is her getting back at you for giving <laughs> her photo, Yeah, for putting
3: her forth. You know what it is, is my eyes jumped the line, so I thought I had said Tommen. I thought I was just reading that I said mm. Tom and it was Hannah who said
1: Tommen. So nice work, Hannah. Well, Eric, you said my Sunday had to die, and your reasoning was that was because we need an innocent to get killed. <laughs> so Ouch. let's, let's revisit that. You just
3: say Tommen. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. I think that's because I didn't want to be the same as Hannah. I wanted to diversify. So I understand. One mm-hmm, of us was mm-hmm. right, so I have taken the bullet. Well, uh, you, had, you had Loris. I did have Loras and uh, Zach Zach had
2: it with anyone associated with Bran
1: <laughs> which so, I think two
2: Children of the
0: Forest three-eyed raven yeah actually
2: raven. That is, Zach, like win. win
0: that
2: feels yeah.
1: like such a cop-out answer though that's such a broad answer anyone in King's Landing like well, yeah. you can't say that
2: well then then he would have won hands down yeah yeah but he also had Reek there too and technically Reek, yeah. Reek yeah. did, did Yeah, yep. I like
0: yeah. you Micah <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> something we all so there's two things that stood out to me when we were talking about who we thought were going to die in season 6 and the first was we all laughed a lot about the fact that some people thought Rickon was going to die and that ended up being this really heartbreaking moment in season 6 and to then the second thing is that not a single person on watchers put Hodor dying none of us put that on our list either so completely blindsided all of us I think with with that one well, I guess Zach sort of put it. Anyone Such associated with <laughs> it. Tragic death.
3: Yeah. That's
2: that yeah, was I mean, a, I think six too. It was fun. Could count.
1: So let's Summer. read the top so the top five deaths that the audience that you guys picked that you thought mm. were gonna happen. Number one, Roose Bolden. So happened. A plus. Yep. Number two, Ramsey Bolden. Happened. Happened. Number three, Walder Frey. Happened. Happened. Number four, Tom and Baratheon. That's what it was. Okay. Mm-hmm. The audience
3: said Tommen. Another five, Paisal. You thought you were the audience? No. Well, <laughs> so with Paisal, the audience, the top five that the audience guessed all came true. Congrats, yeah, audience. So, five for so five. Really, the audience wins more than all of us you except Zach. Zach wins. No, the audience wins. <laughs> Though I will say with Paisal, that one was definitely
2: out there already just because of the books. Mm. So I don't know. I'm not trying to cheat the audience. But Half
1: point for the audience.
0: Yeah. Send your (laughs) hate mail to contacting. him.
1: I'm telling you. (laughs) That's my
0: second (laughs) time. Yeah. And there was an honorable mention for Tormund.
1: Yeah. What is that all about? It was close.
3: Do you remember in the
0: Battle of the
2: Bastards? It was close. Yeah. Yeah. So we
1: all kind of, after we'd all gone through our five, we all kind of agreed that Tormund was also in the running. um, As as someone who was likely not going to make it. And I honestly thought all the way up until... The season closed. That there was a possibility that he was going to go. So
3: yeah, yeah, he was one of the ones I wasn't sure about, especially through that battle of the bastards. Um, really glad that he is still with us. Can't say that about too many characters these days. But Tormund uh, <laughs> <laughs> is Tormund uh, is one of the ones that that got lucky, and I'm happy about it. So
0: Eric thought the Mountain Viserion, Masande, Thoros of Mir, and Loris Tyrell would die. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be Theon, Jorah, Brienne, the High Sparrow, Davos, Hannah, you said Davos, Rhys Bolton, Ghost Kills Holly 2K16, Tom and Mira, I said, Bran, Cersei, Jamie, Reek, Littlefinger. I think we can all, unless those of you who don't agree with us out there, can make a collective sigh of relief that Jamie did not perish this season. Because we were all yeah. pretty sure that was going to happen, right?
1: We were all sure it was going to happen.
0: It felt no. that way.
1: I was in denial. I must have been in serious denial. So I'm grateful. I will say Davos, though, surprised me. Mike, I think you were sure Davos was dying. Yeah,
2: because yeah, he was doing all the publicity for the show. Anytime <laughs> <The> <laughs> that happens, it's not good news, I feel like anyway. But he falls into that category of, of honorable characters, and there's very few that really have that trait shine through more than other traits. And so I just felt like he was going to snuff it in the uh, the Battle of the Bastards and... He made it through. So I'm happy. I I love him. He's one of my favorite characters.
0: Well, audience, you win this category. (laughs) We have a chance for redemption next year.
3: Or next category, right? How about the uniting and reuniting? Who got it right? Who got it wrong?
1: For who's going to be united or reunited in season six, Eric put Bran and Ned, which I thought was a great answer.
3: I got one. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Nymerian, Arya, and Danny Tyrion. That was...
3: Why did any of you let me get away with Danny Tyrion? Uh, that seems obvious because they already met up I last did the same season. Thing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> oh, I did the that same was that thing. was now Padding your stats. Oh, so the question was whether or not she was going to get back from the Dothraki yeah. in time. Okay,
1: All yeah. Right. yeah. Um, I put Danny Tyrion, Davos, John, and Sansa. I put Cleganeble, <laughs> Cleganeble get hype, R.I.P. <laughs> and I put Jamie Brienne. I'm so
3: sad that didn't happen. The Cleganebowl, uh, but actually, I'm kind of relieved. Hannah, you almost got them all right. Well, yeah.
1: I feel like this question was easy, right? Because a lot of these <laughs> things we saw. I mean, I got we got one we, right. Okay, well, maybe they weren't that easy. <laughs> it was no, but I think that things like John and Sansa and Davos—that's kind of a cop-out answer. We knew that that was going to happen. Jamie, Brienne, Danny Tyrion. I mean, I kind of went with a cop-out answer this round. Zach, you put Brienne and Catelyn. <laughs> you put Clegane Bull. You put John and Benjen. <laughs> Which, sorry, I'm not trying to lie. And you put Bran and Benjen. Yeah. get that right. And then Micah put Brienne and Jamie, Arya and Nymeria, Clegane Bull, and John and Sam.
0: What were you thinking there, Micah, With John and Sam? I don't know. Maybe that'll be a future pairing.
3: Maybe.
1: Well, all of us, but Eric put Cagamble. So we were all wrong.
3: Yeah. I didn't want that to happen. Uh, cause I, I, I actually, it's interesting because I, of how much I thought that the mountain would have, uh, a role in this season. Um, you know, he kind of got, I don't want to say shafted, but they're clearly saving him for, for later. Uh, the wildfire was the MVP of, of killers, uh, this season. But uh, the mountain will have his day yet again. So the audience also
2: weighed in here, and um, they are top five unions or reunions of season six. Number one, Jamie and Brienne. Got it.
1: Correct. Love it.
2: I had that one. Mm -hmm. Jon Snow and Sansa Stark, which none of us had. Yeah, I did. Uh, Which had I had.
1: I put John Davos Sansa. So That probably oh. happened too, Actually, right? well, Extra well, confidence,
0: though. Like, you even added a name. That's tough. Yeah. yeah.
1: What can I I'm say? Impressed. What can I say?
0: All right. Three went to Theon and Yara Greyjoy. That happened. Nice. That
2: did happen. Number four. Everybody get their tissues. Sansa Stark and Rickon and Stark. Uh, mm. Over Which his, kind his dead of body. Yeah
1: almost happened
2: and number five danny and jorah yeah
1: i will say reading through everybody's owns and we'll get to them but a lot of people's favorite moments of the season were a lot were these top five reunions that we predicted as well that's sweet yeah i mean they, they they
3: were all accompanied by
1: one or more
3: very touching scenes i remember john and sansa hugging in the snow uh, and all the subsequent conversations. I'm actually choosing to forget about their spat, which was very, it's a big move for me, because I, I still can't stand Sansa. I'm not over it. But the reunions were all very, very, very sweet. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, except Danny and Jorah, which was kind of sad. But,
2: you know, we understand. Were there any other m- major reunions that happened? That
3: um, Well, Danny came back to the that. that was pretty major. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the hound found religion. <laughs> the hound came back to killing <laughs> <laughs> <You found> chicken. <laughs> Actually, the found honestly, the hound and life. And that was a reunion, right? That the was hound. a reunion. That was a return. Uh, Jon Snow, of course, which I it's like the hound I'm sure the we year. all probably thought was going to happen. But the, the, really the reunions and the reappearances, uh, really did it for me. This, I mentioned it, uh, a little later, but that the hound especially just, uh, really did it for me. Uh, coming back, seeing more time spent with Rory McCann and his grunts. He could be the new Colonel
2: Sanders, honestly. I've seen <laughs> those commercials. They're terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah that'd be great the would be marketing Donald. team. He would sell a lot more chicken, too. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying.
1: So the last question that we asked was what our predictions were for the first three episodes for The Red Woman, Home, and Oathbreaker. And honestly, I didn't transcribe any of our answers because it was kind of a hot mess yeah it was kind of a hot mess (laughs) which i think we knew going into it because it's difficult uh but we did talk a lot about um whether when john was going to come back you know we were so confident about him coming back we talked a lot about whether or not it was going to be early in the season or later in the season and there was a split 50 50 down the middle between our listeners of Him either coming back in season one or season two, or excuse me, episode one, episode two, or him coming back at the very end of the season. And we all agreed that we thought it was going to happen later in the season and that the first three episodes or four episodes was too early, which we were wrong about because he came back at the end of episode two, which I think. I mean, in hindsight, it worked out perfectly. Well, he was
0: born in episode 10, so we're, we were kind of right.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's fine with me. <laughs>
3: I love that. One more That's point great. for us.
1: <laughs> it was, I have to say, it was so much fun listening to how hyped that we were. And I think that our excitement levels matched what we received from the season. And I I feel confident that I'm at that same level of excitement as I was in April and so that's really exciting to go back and know that this season delivered everything that we could have wanted and more um yeah it did which I can't say for every season
2: yeah, yeah well i thought the the big thing about this season we've mentioned it a number of times is that we were finally going past the point that we felt comfortable at as book readers and just that we know from having read all the way through A Dance with Dragons and so for me this season was all about those big moments and revelations and in some cases resolutions you know you had a lot of stories that kind of finally I don't know if, if you would say they came full circle or you could put a bow around them, but certainly from where we were, a lot of unanswered questions uh, from John coming back to life. I mean, th- that was a topic of so much speculation for so many years uh, since the Dance with Dragons was released. And then, of course, you had not only John coming back, but the truth about who his parents are finally revealed. I mean, that's a, that's a 20-year theory. Yeah. Uh, so- I felt like this season was just packed with those really important moments that will help shape the future of the story and that they're they're at the same time are really integral to things that we were trying to figure out over the course of the last couple of seasons or if you're primarily a book reader over the course of the
0: last 5 books with our love for the series and hype sustained Season 6 is now being officially exited on the podcast. We're getting closer to the end of this episode. We're getting closer to our owns. We're getting closer to your owns. Now it is time for us to share a few of our favorite moments from Season 6. A lot of you did this. There were many comments, many emails, many tweets sharing not only your definitive own in the season, uh, but uh, just kind of like a pouring out of your feelings like you guys were writing personal diaries to one to one another. Those of you who are interested enough to be a part of a fandom, an online community during its season when, especially when the show was such a a massive hit, but still managed to carve out your own quarter of the internet when something is so strongly in the mainstream and share your own very like in conversations. There's a lot of, a lot of inside things Mm -hmm. being spoken about and that's, that's so cool. And uh, it's a lot of fun to help facilitate some of that. And uh we're we're taking inspiration from you. And we're gonna talk about some things that made us feel.
3: I think in in, in, in retrospect, uh the book ending of the season with Dorn, with like two minutes spent in Dorne total, not including Tower of Joy, uh, this season was a very bold move. Looking back, of if, if you remember in episode one, the death of Doran Martel and Aryo Hota and the, the complete wiping clean essentially of that the the show the the writers they they washed their hands of of it after getting so much of that in season 5 um and seeing how the pacing or the characterization was uh not necessarily to our collective uh expectations to just see uh that storyline get killed off in a way and then not brought back all season until the very end and even then just sort of have a couple lines there. That surprised me, actually, and I'm still not sure what to make of it exactly, but it suffice to say the world did not end when they stopped showing Dorne on TV.
2: <laughs> I think it was a, a shocking moment, uh, certainly, you know, to just kind of, as you said, Eric, wipe the slate clean right off the bat. You know, you're, you're essentially killing off one of the main families of the Seven Kingdoms, to start off a season, and I, I don't necessarily know if we appreciated the
3: impact of that, just because we were so down on the way things were going in Dorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poor Tristan. God, you know, like t- looking back on on that surprise blow from behind. Uh, certain boys were not fit to, I guess, survive in this world. He and Tom, and really, now that I look at it, dying at opposite ends of the season. Well,
2: for me, I mean, one of one of the defining moments of the season that. Uh, you know, it may not be a happy moment, but just watching Cersei during the, the absolute destruction of the Sept of Baelor and everybody inside of it. I just thought to bring that out in her character and knowing at the end of that episode that she's sitting on the iron throne and that's all really that she has aspired to and wanted ever since going back to season one, when she says to Ned, you know, the, that Game of Thrones line. Yeah. So just to see the the way that she would go about trying to resolve a situation, and that's really what it is. I mean, she's still playing this game at the highest level. She has taken out all of her enemies in one fell swoop, but probably at the same time has created so many others, if not already existing through fear now uh, and I just thought that to me, I think it's without question one of the most defining moments of the series, not just one of the most defining moments of the season. And I thought that uh, Lena Headey did an amazing job.
1: Mm -hmm. And not only defining for season six, but it's also something I'm most looking forward to in season seven is how that's going to play out and watching her however long time on the Iron Throne is going to be as terrifying as it may be for the people of King's Landing or people who are left, I think it's going to be really, really fun, to fun to watch unfold on TV. <laughs>
0: For me, the entire Kings Landing opening. Yeah. It's hard to put it down into one point. It was just a masterwork from start to finish, from conception to actually seeing it realized on screen. I think we were all blown away, people that appreciate the medium as an art, that they sort of self-critique or that they casually view. I know from having conversations with my family who, you know, don't pay attention to small details of stuff, but they obviously Feel like the rest of us too when they watch a television show even casually, and uh, it did it for everyone. It worked, and when something works and uh, impacts on such a large scale, I think it you know deserves to be celebrated. It was very cool. I
3: mean this this was a season that, uh, in addition to the explosion of the Sept, uh, Cersei's rise to power, the over the siege of River Run, successful siege by the way, uh, included things like. I mean the door, which I think is probably a perfect episode. um the return of the hound, I love, and also remember how Danny escaped all of those dothraki by burning the calls yeah yes. uh, locking them in that that moment is is not easy to overlook by any stretch of the imagination, but remembering it still brings a gleam uh to my eye. I can still see all of those unfortunate dudes roasting to death and trying <laughs> to find the exit uh that's very memorable in fact danny has just had a really outstanding sort of season of topping herself i think
1: yeah and what i loved so much about that season of her burning the calls is that she did it herself and mm-hmm. that she was able to she didn't call on anybody for help and she kind well, of a couple of people she barred the well. doors well,
2: yeah, she didn't call on anybody. For <laughs> that was, like, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: I did that me. on purpose. <laughs> yeah, um, but she did it herself, and I think that that was a huge defining grown-up moment, quote unquote, for her. Like she came into her own. I feel like in that moment and was able to take down her enemies single-handedly and, and showed that she is powerful in her own right. And right, it was it was a great scene.
0: Yeah, when she stomped into the chamber at the end of the season and faced down her advisors, it was like. You know that was that was a real power moment. We weren't feeling whether or not she she could. We knew that she would take care of it. Yeah, yeah. Which which for me kind of was another defining
2: moment when she came face to face with the slavers, and she released her dragons, and finally, um, you know, the other two, which had been I don't know what the hell they were doing since Tyrion let them free. I don't know if they were out drinking in marine I, I don't know but just life fact, is a dragon <laughs> no i mean but just again sort of the visualization and, and i don't know like how we're really looking at these events is it defining in the sense of how important it was to the actual story or just you know from from a visual standpoint as as a as somebody who's watching the show is just blown away by what they're seeing on tv and i think there's definitely that as Zach touched on with what happened with king's landing from, from start to finish. And then also in this scene too, as yeah. her dragons are just laying waste to Unreal. the <laughs> ships that, that are out there in Slaver's Bay. So, uh, I just thought that t- to me to be watching a television show that that is able to do that. You know, like there are old TV shows. I remember watching where they, they try to have dragons, but you know, like it looked like some dude with like a paper mache hat on or something.
0: Are you talking about Power Rangers?
2: Maybe, (laughs) (laughs) but you know what I mean? And, and so I, I just, that was another um, moment
3: for me. And and of course just demonstrates how much of a badass uh, she is. We want to let our listeners of Game of Thrones know that this episode is brought to you by Blue Apron. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes
0: along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron knows
2: that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals. So they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. Whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, Wild-caught Alaskan salmon or heirloom tomatoes, Blue Apron is bringing you the best.
0: My only complaint with Blue Apron so far is that the bar has been raised ingredient-wise when I go to the store and I'm shopping for things like produce and meat. I'm disappointed by how they don't match what I've been receiving
3: in the mail from Blue Apron. <laughs> That's the truth, and it's uh, it's kind of disappointing. Cooking with Blue Apron is easy. Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients, as well as... The fact that it can be prepared in 40 minutes or less.
1: Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com owns. That's blueapron.com O-W-N-S.
2: you love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com
0: owns. And when you get the box in the mail, it's kind of like Christmas. Blue Apron. A better way to cook.
1: So a moment that we haven't talked about in terms of defining for the season is John coming back to life in episode two. And I don't know if I reacted to the scene the way I did because I spent the whole year leading up to it so excited about this happening. And so on the edge of my seat about whether or not John was actually going to come back to life. But. Looking back on that whole sequence of events with Melisandre feeling like she failed and Davos uh, saying that he's not asking the Lord of Light for help, but he's asking the woman who showed him that miracles exist to bring John back. And Tormund kind of scoffs and leaves the room and Ghost goes to sleep and then Melisandre leaves and then Davos hangs for a little while and then finally leaves. And when Ghost raises his head after, yeah. I mean, the, the period of silence in that, that scene is so long and ghost kind of sits up and then John gasps and he's awake and what an incredible moment and the tension that was in there. Yeah. And, I mean, it, ha- it was easily one of my favorite scenes. I don't know if that's kind of cliche, but it was just the buildup to that moment was just incredible. And talk about defining the rest of the season. Um, John coming back to life. I would absolutely put that on the top of my list of, of favorite moments. And how nice was it to get an into- to get a character
3: back to get a Stark back? Do after all the ones that had been taken away from us, but also the fact that from that moment forward, we knew he continued, he would continue to have a storyline. Uh, that, that's really the real bonus is this character is now going to exist for some time in all of the events of the future, at least for a little while longer. And, you know, I was sort of cautiously writing him off in my head because I was prepared for him not to come back, even though I thought he would, you know, just getting, knowing if he came back at the end of season, at the end of episode two, that there would be eight more episodes presumably with him this season and that he would be able to once again, influence the events of the world It's just more than you get from most characters after they die. So it was, uh, you know, to put it quite simply, um, it was, bo- it was bonus Jon Snow and I loved it.
1: So good. And then my, my next one was when Bran, the whole, sequence in season 4 or sorry I keep saying season instead of episode the whole sequence in episode 4 when bran sees the night king and the night king touches him and then the blood raven is angry and the blood raven says to bran the time has come for you to become me and bran asks if i'm ready and he says no <laughs> i thought that whole thing was just crazy and i think that bran Did a lot this season that we didn't love, but he had some really cool, cool moments. And that whole White Walker, Night King situation was very intense for me. seeing
3: Max von Sydow with the Emmy nomination as well for guest appearance, uh, he was was a great character. This season, really, that character, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did it.
1: He did an incredible job. And I mean, I kind of based my favorite moments off of how many notes I took in all caps. And so I would say oh, that absolutely this, well, what, what got me excited. And I think that this absolutely had my heart racing, which leads me to my third most memorable. I don't want to call it my favorite scene, but, um, Hodor. No, cause that dying. would be
3: dangerously close to owns. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I know
3: these are close already,
1: but Hodor dying was just something that, I mean, it's, it's just, it's still, is a scene that's difficult for me to think about. And, I rewatched every episode except for that one because it was just so intense and so well done. And then we talked a lot about it. Um, but to me that that's a moment that absolutely stands out.
2: The One other moment, uh, it wasn't necessarily defining, but I really enjoyed it. The season was Sam, uh, when he arrives in, I forgot. See, we can agree, Zach. It's all right. Uh, and he goes into, he goes into the library and, uh, It was just, there's clearly a lot for him to learn and to gain knowledge on. and Us too. I I don't think that they would have written this particularly into the show unless it was important. And clearly something or someone that he finds in Old Town is going to be extremely important to this story and... Ultimately, it's resolution. I believe that. I believe that Me too. he yeah. is is a huge component. Me too. Mm-hmm. To to how the events will ultimately unfold at the end of of the final season book, however you want to look at Guess it. He wields a
0: Valyrian sword.
3: Yeah, which he picked up this season. Pit stop. Pit stop. Back home. Uh, meet my asshole father and steal a Valyrian steel sword from him. Yes. Uh, no, the reason I believe too that the library is, is, well, I'm allowing it to give me hope as well is seeing how out of touch the gentleman was, the desk clerk, the book clerk. What would we call him? The bookie? What would we even call him? Just the meister, the, the guy, the attendant, the rando, the rando who checked Sam, uh, but not Gilly and the baby in um was so out of touch with who librarian. the current Lord Commander was. Yes, the librarian <laughs> was so out of touch with modern times. It gives me hope that there can still be information in those books that simply nobody thought to relay to the rest of the realm, right? I mean, if, essentially, this could be the first time that Sam is bringing the problem of the White Walkers to the library uh they may know just where the solution lies in all of those rows. And if not, he's better got he had better get searching. But you would think that if they had heard of the threat, uh, they would have, you know, been able to inform everybody or gone and looked it up themselves. The fact that they were out of touch gives me more hope that they just didn't know yet and can still be that source of 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 information, that usefulness. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. It was tough for me to
0: organize all of my thoughts into only a few points, and it's even harder to do specifically on. So I'm glad that we're doing this. But I think that more so than most, more so than most things that have happened to me uh, as I've been involved with stories and I've interacted with stories since I was a small child, learning the, the origin of the White Walkers and such a surprise moment like we did in the manner that we did, just yeah. it took me by storm. Just, whoa. Yeah. Damn. Did not expect that. I don't think we, we just didn't see that coming. You know, I That's expected true. it would be a mystery almost until the very end. And, uh, that was so cool and such a big deal for the story. It, it almost changes everything. It doesn't change how we face them necessarily, but they're so much less ominous to me now. When cause I know, you know,
3: they were just like us once <laughs> dreams, children and the tower of joy. Uh, yeah, in in three parts, four parts. How many did they? Too split many parts. parts. <laughs> All three minutes up into four different parts. But yeah, that
0: it was just it was good brutal western. Hopefully, of what we'll see of the Dark Tower later on. It just felt gritty. and felt dangerous and i think it was just a a, a obvious standout from season six and i hope to see more uh things in that vein and if we don't see it in game of thrones i hope to see those who worked on it uh work on something else like it because it they knocked it out of the park and it was one of the first sword fighting scenes that i've seen that felt that dangerous certainly the first with the guy with two swords where it just made sense that he had two swords yeah not that that's a point to take away from it dramatically but that's I think that's to be respected
3: yeah seeing seeing Ned alive in any capacity uh, walking that earth uh, walking planetos again is is a gift that the show has given us uh, this season and I I don't think it's unreasonable that we could see that actor again in the future I just think that
2: uh, the fact that all of us can sit here and and you
3: know more or less
2: have had 12 different events that in our mind sort of the season right Is mm-hmm. it's pretty impressive you know it, it, in terms of how much the season had to offer
1: and the fact that we didn't really overlap with each other very much that's either true
2: yeah. yeah yeah I mean that's what I'm saying is, yeah. is for the most part you know we, we each kind of pick three and um, we all kind of didn't to your point overlap with each other. So, and there's, and there's plenty more that we could go into and I'm sure right, we kind of like will as we, back the north. as we read owns and uh, yeah, that, that there will be and actually get to our owns, which I think will be, you know, hopefully a little bit different, but I just, this season delivered as we were talking about earlier on, on just so many different fronts and uh, it's going
0: to be hard to top it. It really is. Bring it on. That's what I say. Bring it on. Yeah. Filming in the winter, right? Oh, it's already been brought in. Let's make it grim. You guys ready for Owens of the Season? Yeah. Can you get some dramatic music for this? What kind? Pokemon.
3: The Battle. We'll have like the
0: Elite Four music.
3: Alright, here we go. If nobody else says there's written in the yeah. doc, so I'm gonna <laughs> I go am first. I'm
1: not going first. <laughs> I am go going first. first. Eh? Eric,
3: We're gonna give uh Get in there. my own of the season. People who've listened for a while should not be surprised. Any guesses. It's written in the doc, Eric. Not Theon. Start. It's no, I wrote not, and it's not Theon. I wanted you oh. to guess Theon. I'm gonna give my own to the children of the forest. Whoa! Um, <laughs> for what? They well, you know, <laughs> they're like, creating you this whole problem so in the first for place. Creating <laughs> this problem? You're supposed to be the change you want to see in this world, and <sighs> their final move was a self-sacrificial there you get go. Bran out of there, and presumably they were all wiped out, uh, in in so doing. Their last moments were spent fending off the hordes of the dead that, yes, it's true, they created. Uh, and did that suck? Yeah, probably for the realm, it kinda sucked, but I was thrilled that we finally got to understand a little bit more about the children anyway. And uh I maintain that we can still see a whole heck of a lot of them as Bren continues his voyages through time and space. So my own is also sort of a hopeful looking forward, but they did, I do believe, they are all currently wiped out, and that was the last of them. And so I think it was a little redemption arc, little little surprise redemption arc to the... To the children there,
1: die on your own. their the costuming with them mm-hmm. was also beautiful. So yes, my own. I'm going to give to Arya watching, or I'm going to give it to the acting troupe. And for Arya, oh. the, the whole, all the scenes where Arya's is watching her life's history play out in front of her, she sees Ned's beheading and the purple wedding and Tywin's death. And I loved the way that they portrayed these stories that were so. Intimately aware of and entwined with and in such a light and interesting way. Um, I thought that was really, really cool and absolutely my favorite part of this season. is um, laughing as Joffrey dies and the whole audience is not <laughs> laughing at all. I thought that was, that was a cool <laughs> moment. And I just thought it was important for Arya to remember who she is and to regain her identity and, and put her back on the path to Westeros. So I absolutely give my own of the season to the acting troop
0: man nice that was a good one thanks my own of the season of six the sixth season they did it huh <laughs>
3: <laughs> they did
0: i give it to hodor for holding the door <sighs> i've never been that emotional about watching anything ever ever Not because I wanted to be or in the other cases negative, not because I didn't want to be. It's just, you know what I mean? Sometimes you just, it just happens. And Mm -hmm. that episode from start to finish was fantastic. But when the dead attacked the tree, you know, just heart racing, heart racing. Yeah. And then the way that it ended and cutting it back with Sam Coleman's performance as young Hodor on the ground. I challenge anyone to watch that and not feel something. Yeah. I was a... Universal Studios a few weeks ago, and uh, this guy in the back of the Jurassic Park ride just started saying "Hold the door," like no. young Hodor does, and he sounded exactly like him. And he started he like he did the whole thing from crazier to eventually just saying Hodor, and it uh, made me go right back to it. And I'm I'm in the middle of a theme park for God's sakes.
3: Was this a, an attraction? A new <laughs> attraction at Universal
0: Studios Hollywood? This was just someone doing it.
1: <laughs> just, it, just in line time no, could...
0: on
3: the ride after the ride oh. was over we were waiting to get disembarked oh
1: man like, trying
0: to
3: get on Splash Mountain and then that just ruins your day like, he was just like hold it all and kept it's doing still it still
1: too soon it you know and that's well, why I've it... seen
2: door stops of Hodor actually holding the door I'm sure yeah. you guys have seen it too
0: yeah, I feel kind like of funny. it transcended the TV show it was trending for a day or two I think and I know a lot of moments really stuck out and Battle of the Bastards was what it was and it deserves all of the owns as well but i feel like hodor and hold the door really transcended mm, yeah the tv show there it became a moment i think
3: mm-hmm.
0: and uh it was a moment shared by a lot of people casual fans like i always say people that are diehard that are riding on sites like watches on the wall or listening to podcasts like this i think everyone shared equally in that and uh it made it really really special it was crazy it was a season one i mean. It-
2: Going all the way back to the very beginning, and, and you know, you got that with the Hodor reveal. You got that with the Tower of Joy. So there, there were definitely those moments in this season that just you know were things that you've been waiting on now for for six years, and you finally have gotten the answers to them. Mm-hmm.
3: Gosh, who, who who went into this season going, oh man, we're going to ask when? Where were you when Hodor's backstory got revealed? Like after this season is over, but. But that, as you said, Zach is is a touchstone. It was a it was one of those moments that just transcends.
0: Hmm. And I'm really it's happy good that one. Hodor got that as a character, that yeah, he got that moment yeah. in the show. Me too. It
3: was really well done. Again, again going he, back to the door, being an the fact excellent that he episode. You may
1: have known the whole time what his destiny was going to be. I mean, the whole thing is just and did heartbreaking, it
3: anyway?
1: and yeah. not something that I think any of us necessarily predicted. I mean. As we said earlier in, in this episode, we didn't nobody thought that Hodor was going to die this season or at least not not in watchers or or in this community. So um I think that that just added to the impact of of what the episode had on all of us.
2: Yeah. Definitely. Well, I'm not sure how to follow that up, but uh <laughs> I think you can do it. Honorable mention practice. for me definitely has to go to Liana Mormont, who I just thought was a total badass every time he, she yep. was on screen. And could definitely, without a doubt, easily get my own of the season. But in thinking through it a little bit more, I'm going to give a double own of the season to Whoa. to Baelish and to Varys, who are still <laughs> somehow the master manipulators of this entire series. And uh, even though Baelish may be on the outs a little bit, the man is sitting comfortably inside of the halls of Winterfell. Yeah. 6 seasons after he really put this whole series into motion. And Tavares, you know, he's there riding on a boat with, with Danny, yeah. the the Dornish, the Torelled, the, the Greyjoys, Dragons. And that's been his main play. I mean, he's finally starting to see the seeds that he planted early on even before the the series started to 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 really grow and to take shape and to me to to have the the season end with him standing right there uh right behind danny i mean i I can't not like mm-hmm. uh, to give him and, and embellish
3: the owns of the season beautiful, so those are our owns now the moment you've all been waiting for, accompanied by ramin Jawadi's music
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's time for your owns of the season. Strap in. Owns of the season. Let's go from TM twenty four season six. Own to Kyburn in the Candy Corner for bringing joy to King's Landing with the Q. hashtag Small Biz Legend hashtag Kyburn built that hashtag Sponsored by the letter Q. It's mm. a
1: legend. Letter Q. It's gonna be hard as <laughs> hell that to come kids? up with
3: posts for that during the off season, Everybody. No, Eric, you just replace letters that have no K sound <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's it true. When the White Fawn tweeted in to say Own of the season goes to Hodor the fandom was owned. More grief and love was felt at his loss than any other. Hashtag, thanks a lot, Bran.
1: (laughs) Throne Tender on Watchers had a great long own but we just cut to the very end um, so definitely go back and find that on Watchers and read that. But they say I remember during last year's off season there were endless discussions about Alistair Thorne and what would happen and what his motivations were. What would happen with Ollie? By the time poor Hodor held the door Alistair Thorne and Ollie were afterthoughts. This is by no means a knock to the actors it just says volumes about what an excellent fully packed season it was.
3: Here, here, Definitely. Carolyn Bailey owned a house Stark busting heads and taking names after six years winter has finally come hashtag winter kills everyone 2k17 <laughs> <laughs> honorable mention known to Brienne and Torment for being the epic love story Game of Thrones never knew it had hashtag we found love in a hopeless place
0: <laughs> well done many a meaning Season owned to Varys, Grey Worm, and Theon—the new eunuch power trio that will help conquer Westeros. #Hashtag <laughs> The Brotherhood <Wow>. Without Boners. <laughs>
1: oh God! <laughs> wow.
0: I hope we retweeted that.
2: <laughs> if not, we need to right, We're right, ready right to now. Go do that, yeah. <laughs> uh, Daryl K. Patterson says, "My own for the season goes to director Miguel Sapochnik. I mean, dear God in heaven! In two episodes, this man has raised the bar for this show." If it was even possible to raise it more than his talented co-directors have already raised it, any of the show quite the launch into the series' home stretch. The only reason I will be okay with the two Ds not putting him on the directors list for next season is if they're saving him for the end game. Yeah. Runner-up Owen goes to the scene I kept obsessively playing over and over again the night it was first shown. Danny's journey across the narrow sea, and she ain't bringing flowers and bubblegum.
1: Hear, here. Alba Stark says, Own to Ramin Jawadi and Miguel Sopachnik for their stunning soundtrack and direction, respectively. Those for episodes 9 and 10 were cinematic and the best I've ever encountered on Game of Thrones. Owns also to the women of Westeros and Essos. They ruled the season and may soon rule the world. Lyanna Mormont may be a child, but I would totally vote for her. Before the season had started, I was most looking forward to the Northern arcs, particularly Bran and John and the. And on those counts, the show more than delivered. Season 6 for me was about our favorite characters rediscovering their lost identities and returning to the path leading towards who they were meant to be. And that was all about returning home.
3: Dylan Levy, my own of the season, goes to King in the effing North, beating the ever-loving S out of Ramsey Bolton's piece of S face. Three seasons worth of having to put up... I'm i am censoring, not him. Uh, three seasons worth having to put up with that smarmy S made themselves left with every A, B, blow. Animalistic? I, okay, I fucked myself up. Animalistic <laughs> blow. From the reborn Jon Snow. Hashtag King in the North to Electric Boogaloo. Hashtag What is hype may never die? What is hype may never die? John beats the S out of Ramsey. 2K16. Is yeah, that what does. it's like
1: when I read Owns? that what it sounds it's like? It's exactly like <laughs> what it's like when
0: you read Owns. Jerry in Laos, owner of the season 2 Aria. She survived four, four deep stab wounds to the stomach when bigger people were felled with one small stab. Hashtag no one kills Aria2K16. No one.
2: Patrick Sullivan, own of the season, to Miguel Sapochnik. It's not often you see the fantasy genre done justice, so let alone true. on television. By the gods, he delivered. Gods. <laughs> gods,
3: I was strong.
1: Played Potatoes says, my own goes to Melisandra, who, one, spent the whole season babysitting ghosts so he'd make it alive through another year. Aww. Two, gave John an amazing hairstyle. Beard trim and man bun at the Castle Black Salon and Spa, and three, <laughs> resurrected John via personal hygiene and grooming when she clearly had no idea what she was doing. Mm-hmm. But I appreciated the visuals. Her okay. second one goes to bun. Mira
2: for being the true boss-ass bitch of the season by killing a White Walker, saving Bran, not going insane in a boring cave while dealing with grief over her brother's death, and having amazing hair courtesy of the Blood Raven Beauty Institute.
3: What is it with this? That people <laughs> are starting shops in Westeros where there should not be shops in Westeros. Castle Black oh, Salon and Spa. That's spots. rich coming from, you, idea. coming from you, at Raven Beauty Institute. <laughs> terrible idea. These are terrible places. Visit Facebook.com slash Candy Corner. <laughs> Today.
1: You just don't want the competition.
3: I don't want the co- I couldn't handle the
0: competition. Adam Dennison on Twitter owned to Ramin for the musical genius that made even mediocre scenes sound incredible and incredible scenes blow our minds. We're here. Yeah. Kathleen Cotter, my owner of the season, goes to both kick
2: ass Liana's, the younger for commanding the audience and the menfolk around her to sit up and take notice. Hashtag yeah. HBIC hashtag Liana Mormont for president 2k16 and the elder for introducing Willis and confirming R plus L does equal J both huge game changers for a song of ice and fire game of thrones hashtag promise me Ned hashtag the literal prince that was promised which prince
3: the half-blood
1: prince wrong series no <laughs> Frank Seitz
3: own of the year to Yara Greyjoy for doing what we have been waiting for for six years Getting Danny out of Essos. Hashtag Greyjoy Cruise Line.
1: Courtney Waters says, owner of the season to Mace Tyrell's helmet. Let's hope at least it survived the green trial. Hashtag Tyrell fashion lives on. Hashtag Mace Gaga.
0: (laughs) Wow.
1: (laughs) The green trial is pretty funny too. Mace
0: retweeted this one himself nice job. Good. King Robert also writes his own of the season. He gives us the Hodor. There has never been a moment on TV or in a movie that made me cry. I have a grown man and I didn't just cry. I boo-hooed and everything. This jumped off the screen, grabbed my ball, slapped my mom in the face while pissing on my heart and laughing at me while I'm in the mud with my tail between my legs, begging for mercies, only to be thrown out of a moving car into a vat of acid to loosen me up to be flayed and have salt poured on the wounds, followed by vinegar and gas set on fire and have my ashes poured into a taper pot. Yes, it made me that sad. It's
1: pretty accurate.
0: Samantha
2: Martha agreed, and she says, Honestly, I still have to give my season own, nay, my forever own, to Hodor the gentle giant. Still not over it. Hashtag hold the damn onions.
1: Two parts rye on Twitter says, Own to the battle of the bastards for making Braveheart look like Downton Abbey. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
3: What's wrong? Nobody ever dies on Downton Abbey. Dominica or Dominica. My top, top, top moment of season six, top, 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 moment, is John facing cavalry. Every time I watch this scene, and I've watched it maybe 20 times already, I got chills. Second is John dropping the Lord Commander cloak. My watch has ended. Third is John opening his eyes in the end of home. You can say, I'm... John Obsessed
0: Smiley Face. P. D'Amico writes on Watchers The best thing for me was the undeniable maturation of the show's creators, writers, and actors. Julie Gurov
2: says It's gotta be to Danny for calmly killing the entire Jothraki leadership with fire and taking over herself. I was so hoping that she wouldn't need rescue by men or dragons, and would instead badass her way out of it. And this exceeded my hopes. Yes, Best yeah, scene yes. of the season. Nice. And Kaylee
1: Durr agrees. Owner of the season to Danny for finally making her way to Westeros with a baller crew in tow. Yeah. Well,
3: some of them hashtag balls. She's on a boat, motherfucker. <laughs> Steven Hauser gives an excellent own. My owner of the season goes to Cersei for one upping Danny in the game of who can burn down the biggest building. <laughs> hashtag. That shit was on fire. Lord <laughs> Padamandis
0: on Watchers on the Wall. Focusing on John's face after the Tower of Joy, the speeches from Lady Mormont and Lords Glover and Manderly, Sansa smile to John and Littlefinger's sinister look. John becoming King in the North. King in the North. Miss Allie Wild on Twitter says
2: Owner of the Season goes to the person whose influence took Arya's revenge skills to the next level. Hot Pie. Hashtag tastes like Frey. Delicious. Uh, Justin Page says, my own goes to Jon Snow for going from dead to king of the north in 10 episodes. Hashtag John and Danny 2K17. <laughs> 2K17. It's a thing. It's a real 2K17. thing. 2K17.
3: <laughs> what is dead may never die? <laughs> what is dead may never
1: die. <laughs> Latrine Digger Brian says, if I had to mention my favorite moment of the season, hands down, it's the cold open to the broken man with the reintroduction of the hound. Just a perfect mix of music, images, and acting. Capped off with the return of a fan favorite character,
3: Matthew R. Bovenzi. My own of the season goes to Arthur Dane for proving he was the badass everyone said he was. Hashtag Sword of the Morning. Hashtag Dawn. Has oh, that's a good song. Hashtag Stabbed in the Back. Hashtag It Too Howland. And Alicia Shelby own. <laughs> that's good. I'll all like that. of the owns to the badass women of the season: Sansa, Arya, Liana, Danny, and Cersei. Hashtag Cersei versus Danny Two K Seventeen. Hashtag World's Most Kick-Ass 12-Year-Old. Hashtag Darth Sansa. And hashtag I'm
0: bitches. Ashley Lynette, how does a bastard, northern, son of a rumored whore, and a swordsman dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot on the wall by Providence in isolated squalor come up to be a king and commander? I'm going to let you finish, but Jon Snow made the biggest come up of all time. Starts the season dead, ends the season as a king with the darn theme song playing... Hashtag Hamilton. Hashtag start from the bottom. Hashtag nonstop. Hashtag the North turned upside down.
1: Is that our first Hamilton um, own? Yeah. I think so, Uh, and I love it.
0: Jen Calhoun tweeted in to say,
2: My own for season six. Hashtag Ed for the Iron Throne 2K17. She goes on to say, My season own has to go to dollars, Ed. Without him, Jon would still be dead. Davos would probably have died. Sansa would have had no one at the wall to help her. Ramsey would still hold Winterfell, and there would be no king in the north. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag What is Ed may never die. Hashtag Until 2K17. No. What is Ed
3: may never die.
1: What does that
0: mean?
2: What is Ed die?
3: May die? does
0: Ed may never die?
1: John on Watchers says Arthur Dane sword fight. Never have I seen a more effective sword fight on screen showing one versus many. The choreography was great, and I believed Dane was truly the greatest swordsman ever. Agreed. Pigeon writes Jora and Danny saying
3: goodbye. Amelia's best acting of the season. It made me tear up. Parenthesis, I do not tear up easily. Close parenthesis. How Jorah steps back, Ian Glenn's fucking face. Sure, a little schmaltzy with a I command you to find a cure. But it was a lovely scene. She felt nothing dismissing Dario, but everything telling Jorah she needed him. My favorite scene. Rain on Watchers. The first scene that came to my mind was Jamie's talk with Edmure. The way Jamie used
0: his and his family's reputations to convince Edmure of his deadly intentions was impeccable writing and acting. Let's see what Chuck has to say. He says, has to be the Tower of Joy
2: reveal. The baby Snow opening his eyes and the scene cutting to the adult Jon Snow. I teared up. As a book reader, I was waiting a long time for that scene and it didn't disappoint. That director did a great job. It was one of the few times that I look forward to an episode of a TV show, partly because of the director. That's cool. Nice.
1: Lord Farstark says, Tyrion is good at a lot of things, especially being hand to a monarch, but nobody's ever really acknowledged it. When Danny put the pin on his jerkin herself, he finally got the only thing I think he's ever wanted in life, dignity. He earned Whoa. it, and this time someone appreciated it. That's so cool. That's really
3: sweet. Down to the last few, the last couple rather here. Iron Throne three three seven, Cersei's scene with the septa, beginning with the wine waterboarding, her speech: "Quote, what now today? You're not going to die today. You're going. You're not going to die for quite a while. This is Sir Gregor Clegane. He's quiet too, etc." <laughs> and she chants, "Shame," very much wraps up Cersei's madness. Lena Hetty deserves some award for her acting job this season. Absolutely,
1: maybe an Emmy. Maybe an Emmy. We'll see.
3: Shame all right sean c with the final own of the season (laughs) the final
0: one he writes for pure spectacle the battle of marine in some way stood out for me more than the snowball i agree simply because the visual effects for dragon riding seem to have taken such a huge leap in quality compared to the previous season that bodes well for the future
1: There you have it. Next season,
3: there's going to be more dragon characters in CGI than there are human characters.
0: Charizard. So Start sending in your owns now. <laughs> Thanks to everyone for sending in your owns all season. Man. And for owns of the season. We're here. We did it. Season six. Come on now.
1: It's been such a blast reading everyone's owns. I've said it before, but reading everyone's owns at the end of every episode has absolutely been my favorite part of this season. And all of our weird inside jokes with everyone from Qyburn's Candy Corner. To Everything being 2K16, I mean, it's been such a blast. I hope that everyone's had as much fun as as I have.
0: I know I have. I think we have. I definitely have. Yeah, it's been a lot of work, but it's also been so much fun. And the rest of the year bodes really well. There's a lot of exciting stuff. We're going to be in Florida in a few weeks celebrating with a lot of you there and putting on some awesome Game of Thrones programming with each other and sharing... Lots of fun with other friends that make stuff for different fandoms. And it's just, you know, everything's good right
3: now. Check that out uh, at geekycon.com, by the way. Mm. www.geekycon.com.
1: And the schedule just went live. So you can see all the panels that we're going to do. Nice. And all the panels that are going to be available. So it's (laughs) going to be a good time.
2: And of course, Zach, you mentioned earlier, Con of Thrones will be taking place next summer, hopefully in conjunction with the finale of season seven. From uh, June. I can 30th. only hope, man. That yeah, would be if we so keep cool. saying that,
1: maybe it'll come true. That would be so cool. <laughs> let's just put it out there. Let's put We're it out there. Call up
0: David and Dan this week and say, "Listen, guys, what can you let's do get for a Twitter us?" Twitter campaign started. Let's let's come up with a hashtag. We'll make it a reality. We're going to launch some new details on the con. Some very very important details in a small handful of days. Nice. It's convenient that we have this podcast to say stuff like that to people who care. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so look for that. So for more info, they can of
2: course. Head on over to the website, com. Mm -hmm. They can sign up, get some ravens sent their way with all the latest information.
1: For the season six finale, Zach and I sat on Skype and had you guys call in and chat with us about your feelings because we were all very restless. Um, and we recorded it for Squad of Ice and Fire, which is up on Patreon now. So you can go check that out. We're going to do that again this month. Look for the tweet of when we'll be on Skype. And then we also recorded a little bit of Squad of Ice and Fire before today's episode. Eric and I were at a Harry Potter conference together. So um, you can check that out at patreon.com slash goo.
3: Eric, did you wear wizard robes? did wear wizard robes. I wore yeah. my Gryffindors one day and Hannah's. You know what, Hannah? I don't think we got. I got a picture with Promo wearing her Muggle shirt, but I didn't get a picture of you. Hannah, I don't
0: think we do got even a picture have a together. Cast shirt?
1: Um, I was wearing my Muggle Cash shirt at the same time that Promo was, Good. but I just but wasn't I was, with her. I
3: passed Promo in the hall and I didn't pass Hannah. Ugh, missed opportunity. i wear my, my Muggle Cash shirt in the gym. I'm going to
1: wear my Thank Muggle Cash shirt to GeekyCon. You okay. better. I will. That's just a
3: show play. that Eric and
0: Micah also make. It's about Harry Potter. See how that plug just came out naturally?
3: It's
1: nice.
0: It's nice. (laughs) Harry Potter's pretty cool right now. I was on another episode of another Harry Potter podcast because Mike and Eric are just too tired of me from the Game of Thrones season. (laughs) uh, That was
3: Pottercast, if I'm not mistaken. You're not mistaken, sir. Mm -hmm. You're not. The old old friendly rivalry. It's back. (laughs) It's back. (laughs) I feel like I have to choose
0: sides now. Well, Zach, you don't have to choose sides. That's good to hear, Micah. (laughs) You don't.
2: Thanks. But what you do have to do for next week is come up with some questions for our special guest. As mentioned, uh, at the top of the show, we will be uh, interviewing one Ramin Jawadi. but you all out there can submit questions as well, and you can do so in a number of ways. We will, uh, of course, get a post up over on Watchers, so if you want to leave your questions there, you can do so, and we'll take a look. You can also scroll upon our Facebook wall at facebook.com slash game of owns or tweet at us at game of owns on twitter or if you really are old school you can shoot us an email at contact at game of owns.com.
3: it's also where you send your hate mail to micah for offending you multiple times throughout this episode <laughs> or you can just tweet Aww. it,
0: Eric. Hannah, thank you for an amazing season six. This has been your first full season.
1: I feel emotional that it's over. I mean, it not us. only Not only was it the best season of Game of Thrones or one of the best seasons of Game of Thrones, the fact that we got to do it together and participate as a community just made it seven billion times more fun. So it's been honestly the best.
0: And we have cons this summer, this fall, Con of Thrones, that we're organizing and creating right now that will launch next summer it's just a great time everyone
1: so the season may be over but we are still so hyped 2k 17 here's here's <laughs> to hashtag
0: 2k 17 thanks to everyone for being here with us it's been a lot of fun what is Ned may never die